0: Welcome once again to Father Spitzer's Universe at the busy intersection of faith and reason. I'm Doug Keck, your gatekeeper, coming to you from our mothership here in Irondale, Alabama. Remember, your questions drive this program. Spitzer's Universe at 10com is the place to send them. And check out all of Father Spitzer's myriad websites, TheMagicCenter.com, CredibleCatholic.com, and PurposefulUniverse.com, especially for those who are kind of just exploring the faith or want some basic answers. And of course, Father Spitzer's Universe is always available on the EWTN On Demand page and on our YouTube channel. So if you miss anything, you can check it out. We're adding programming there all the time. The Eucharist, A Taste of Heaven on Earth. Father Brian Milady and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers explain What the Church teaches about the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. We need it today. That has been added as a freebie to our on-demand page, so check that out. Our topic today, Satan customizes his temptations, just for you. From Father's book, Christ vs. Satan in Our Daily Lives, available naturally through the EWTN Religious Catalog. Just one of many books to come as well, and we're hoping you already have that one. The Book of the Month for July, St. Thomas Aquinas rescues modern psychology. Somebody needed to do it. Father Brian Milady recounts how St. Thomas did it. With that being said, we turn to Father Spitzer out on the West Coast and welcome him once more
1: into his universe. How are you, Father? I'm doing great, Doug. Thank you so much. Start us off here with a prayer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we give you thanks for your many blessings to us, the blessing of this good uh, Dobbs decision, reversal of Roe v. Wade, and ask uh, your Holy Spirit, your zeal that we might actually now lever this into a real pro-life culture and nation. Ask you to send your Holy Spirit down upon myself and Doug, our whole audience this day, so that everything we do and say will be brought to fruition in your will for the good of your people, your church, and your kingdom. We ask all of these things through Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And Mary, seat of wisdom, pray for us. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much, Father, for always getting us started off on the right foot. Uh, Of course, you mentioned about the Dobbs decision, so obviously the whole uh, Mm -hmm. story of abortion and rancor and the attacks on the church. Uh, A couple of things. Uh, There was an article that... uh, Came out in the register was an interview with Archbishop Sample and uh, uh, having to do with abortion and uh, Mm -hmm. the question was can a Catholic be pro-abortion and he said that uh, the answer is no I really wish people will openly advocate for and support the violence of abortion against the unborn child would stop pretending that this is somehow consistent with the teachings of the gospel and the Catholic Church. He goes on to say, if you're Catholic who openly advocates for and supports abortion, then you need to know the church is very clear that it's a very grave matter. And I have a real pastoral concern for you. I mean, I beg you, please repent, go to confession and be reconciled, you know, and I mm-hmm. wonder, you know, in a sense, mm-hmm. because a lot of people say, well, you don't understand. I'm not pro-abortion. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm pro-choice. But in some ways, with the Dobbs decision, it's really going to put it right in front of the voter where you're really going to be voting for or against abortion.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, as we've discussed uh, in a previous program, that um, it's going to come down to initiatives on many different levels. Some states have already got the trigger laws put into position, and the constituents of those states are very supportive of the pro-life legislation, the pro-life stance uh, that um, their legislatures are are making. However, um, I think there's going to be a lot of states Uh, Besides the 28 who are very pro-choice, who will definitely probably move in this direction in the next couple of months, uh, you're going to have a series of states that are uh, actually... um, uh... right now pro-choice states Mm -hmm. but i think there's going to be uh... two or three different kinds of initiatives Mm -hmm. uh... that'll be taking place uh... um, and this is gonna really as you put it uh, Doug, is really gonna put the uh... onus on us to uh... move this legislation forward uh... in those states but i think the first uh... kind of initiative you're not gonna be able to do this through the state governments because the the state governments are right now very very um... uh... pro-abortion but I think um, what we can do is put together an initiative that says, OK, no second and uh, 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 trimester abortions, no um, you know, third uh, trimester abortions. Now, uh, you know, 92 percent or whatever of American public thinks that third trimester abortions are abhorrent. 71 uh, percent of Americans think that second trimester abortions are at the very least uh, unethical, if not uh, some form of uh, the murder of an innocent. So I think there is a leverage point uh, that we can definitely utilize for some very effective initiative campaigns. It'll require a lot of pre-planning. It'll require really good um, uh, lawyers to write that uh, legislation uh, in just the right way, so it's not going to get reversed or held up in a court, mm. et cetera. I mean, of course, it's going to get challenged in a right. court. You can right. be sure of that. Right. But I mean, uh, uh, that it uh, it's it's going to still succeed and, and move through, and not not uh, uh, undergo a, a challenge vis-a-vis uh, the Dobbs decision, which was written by Justice Alito, very very well done. But in any case, the mm. the point is, I think the initiatives are going to be uh, one major approach. I think there's a second uh, approach too uh, that that we might be able to to utilize going forward, mm-hmm. and that is um, uh, that uh, the inalienable rights um, uh, issue that's going on. Um, you know, remember an inalienable right belongs to a person uh, by his or her very nature, right? So the idea. Uh, would be um, no state brings um, an inalienable right into being, and no state therefore can take an inalienable right away from anybody because it's inalienable; mm-hmm. it belongs to them by their very human existence. So uh, if we remember this, and I mean uh, Justice Alito's decision mm-hmm. uh, certainly leaves this door open because what he declared was there is no constitutional right for an abortion. So of course, right. There, that opens the door to well, what about the inalienable right to life, Mm. and that now that science has uh, you know credibly established that um, uh, life begins, a new unique human life begins at fertilization uh, when that is occurring, or you know slash conception when that Mm. is occurring um, and and has occurred, we really do have not just a new human being there, but remember personhood must always attach itself to a human being regardless of what kind of a human being it is. Every time you have a personhood, uh, you know, na- namely the uh, ability for um, uh, to be protected under the law, uh, whenever personhood is somehow separated from human being, that's when we get all the tragedies the world has ever known. So this uh, human being doesn't have enough intelligence, therefore they're not a person, therefore they don't deserve protection under the law. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you get this logic going on and on. This one's inferior. This one's not tall enough. Of course, we saw this with the, the Dred Scott versus Sanford right. legisl- right. you know, decision, which, Absolutely. of course, is uh, uh, horrible indeed. But, uh, yeah, uh, the color of your skin is determinative. Now, of course, uh, you're back to first trimester, second trimester, right. whatever uh, we're talking yeah. about. Right. So At least point- there's an opportunity there now to In places where you
0: can't eradicate it or come close to eradicate you can at least offer some limitations, which before really weren't possible. That really could always be challenged because Roe v. Wade effectively made it available throughout.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the acknowledgement that there is no constitutional right, that's the that's mm-hmm. basis upon which this is going to happen. So I think there's a lot of things we're going to be able to do going forward. Uh, I think it's going to take a lot mm-hmm. of work. I think it's going to take, uh, uh, as you put it, people's moral courage as well as their, you know, uh, faith conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to get out there and to try and make that difference, to talk right. to their friends, to support the initiatives. I mean, if you put some really good financial support behind these initiatives, and you really have right. a good marketing, um, you know, effort as right. you know, where the, the the ads are very well crafted, right. a, and you put that in front of an audience where uh, uh, you know you have a well-funded um, uh, campaign right. for you know you're buying good television time. You can definitely get that, uh, you know, 71% of Americans who just, <laughs> they don't want sick and third trimester abortions. Right. You start there. You, you don't try and get everything first right, exactly. round. Right, and, and, just, and that's
0: that's the mm-hmm. key, exactly, you say, because what happens, you get these people all the time coming out, saying, so, well, what about rape and incest? And as one person, well, yeah. that's not what they're arguing about. They're not sitting around yeah. arguing about rape and incest. In fact, one time a yeah. person said... Okay, I don't agree with it, but we'll let you have rape and incest because you insist. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, of course it's not okay.
1: Yeah. That's not what they yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, so uh, I, I totally agree with it. And uh, all I can say is let's uh, let's get what we can get in, um, in especially those mm-hmm. states that are very much a pro-abortion states or even have tried to, to pass this legislation uh, ahead of time that guarantees abortion through all three um, uh, trimesters. Mm-hmm. And my thought would be, hey, if you want to do that, Uh, going right up to the ninth month, uh, through the ninth month of of pregnancy. Uh, uh, You know, this is just legislation. It can be changed, Mm -hmm. and we are going to try and change it. If we don't lose our resolve, if we don't, uh, you know, uh, sort of, you know, find ourselves Mm -hmm. in, you know, uh, know, kicking back and celebrating our victory, uh, but rather, uh, if we're moving forward as I think we can, uh, believe me, I think we're going to make some huge uh, inroads, even in the states that right now have uh, uh, basically um, uh, held, uh, you know, they're going to go for the full uh, nine months Uh, you know, abortion all the way through the the ninth month. So my my thought is there's a lot of things we can do. We just got to keep up our resolve, our zeal. We have to keep praying. We have to keep being ingenious. We have to do this the smart way. We have to get some really good marketing. we got to get some good lawyers to to write this up. We've got to buy the right kind of television time. People have to contribute financial support. But we can make a culture of life in this country if we really want to. And the main thing right now is DO NOT BE CONCERNED ABOUT ALL OF THIS rigmarole, right. THIS HUMBUG, AS A uh, TREE MIGHT SAY IN, the, mm. in the, uh, the, THE LORD OF THE RINGS, RIGHT? Uh, the, THE IDEA IS, OKAY, THERE'S A LOT OF NOISE OUT THERE, AND THERE'S A LOT OF THREATENING PEOPLE OUT THERE, AND THERE'S A LOT OF mischievous CONDUCT OUT THERE, AND THERE MAY BE, uh, YOU KNOW, ACTUAL VIOLENCE OUT THERE. Yeah, WE'VE SEEN THAT WITH THE, the, is, the INCREDIBLE uh, RISE IN yeah. ATTACKS ON THE CHURCHES,
0: CATHOLIC CHURCHES ESPECIALLY.
1: Absolutely. And, and I think, okay, uh, we have to, to deal with this as Christ dealt with uh, these kinds of matters. We have to deal with this, uh, of course, protect ourselves, but with peace in our hearts. And, and uh, I think we have to, every time we see this kind of activity, our thought should be not to respond in kind, our thought should be, let's reserve all of our intellect, all of our energy, all of our moral courage, all of our stamina, and all of our financial resources. Let's plug it in mm-hmm. right now to making a culture of life. Let's start passing the first initiatives we can in the pro- pro-abortion states to, to ban second and third trimester abortions. Let's you know find those ingenious methods. Let's use every skill that we have to make a positive difference for life rather than, you know, resentful paybacks to people who are doing unjust and violent right. things uh, to Catholic churches and to, frankly, uh, other pro-life um, I- individuals. Um, and uh, and uh, maybe we can uh, make uh, uh, life again be valued in this mm. culture rather than defining uh, liberty in terms of death to uh, anybody who gets in our way. Right. And uh, I think um, this is uh, the, um, anyway, my ideal, right. my hope uh, going forward. And one thing to that, that finish it off uh, for this,
0: uh, uh, they, the questioner asked uh, Archbishop Shampel, why do you think abortion is evil? He said, well, you know what? It isn't really what I think. It's about what is mm-hmm. real and what is true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is real and what is true can be known, number one, if you just want to do a natural law approach, you just take a look at what's just uh, versus unjust. It's never just, it's never right to take the life of an innocent human being. Whatever the color of their skin, whatever their uh, age of development, it, it's not right. It's never right. You know this injustice. It's a violation of the most fundamental ethical principle there is, the principle of non-maleficence. And secondly, by any religion, it is not right to take uh, the life uh, of, of another human, an innocent human being. Uh, and, and certainly from the, from the vantage point of the Catholic Church, since the time of the Didache, right, this is 80 AD, so we're, we're dealing with not even 50 years uh, after uh, Christ's resurrection. We already have a strong declaration that abortion in all of its forms is absolutely immoral, seriously grave mm-hmm. uh, you know matter. So the, the idea would be uh, we know this from Jesus Christ. We know what uh, he holds. We know this uh, from uh, justice, from natural law theory. Uh, we can ascertain this. And and we can on this basis know what really is true, what really is good by objective standards and the idea that the good should only be subjective, that conscience carries no objective weight, that it's merely our preference, it's merely a matter of outside testing. This is malarkey that has been disproved again and again and again and again but I mean the arguments Mm -hmm. I think of John Henry Newman in this regard are uh, absolutely excellent. I've got a a new book coming out called The Moral Wisdom of the Catholic Church where I have uh, Newman's argument reviewed um, uh, you know line by line so uh, rather than uh, uh, bore you with it uh, right now (laughs) I'll leave it to the reader to research. (laughs)
0: I don't think they'll be bored when they read it, but uh, let's move on. uh, This is an article from something that masquerades as called the Religious News Service. Uh, I could advise anybody who reads it to realize it's incredibly anti-religious, basically. But here's an interesting article. Abortion doulas look to spiritual rituals as they brace for increased demand. And they have an interview with a Carly Maines who's a doula in in Los Angeles, not somebody who quote-unquote supposedly (laughs) helps the person she also happens to be the author of a children's book called What's an Abortion Anyway but anyway um,
1: oh my gosh you're right. kidding
0: me and, and she no and she uh, she works as an abortion doula and believes it's not far off from the work of a chaplain that's kind of how she thinks about it but it goes goes on in this article to a, a a woman in Montana named Lindsay Burke Bork I should say who is an abortion doula Bork has been uh, an abortion of 15 years and believes abortion is a sacred process. I have a strong connection to the Creator or to God or to the conscious life force that connects us all, explained Bork, who, of course, was raised as a Catholic. Uh, she goes on to say, I recommend having an altar or place of prayer for the whole duration of the procedure, Bork said. The client is invited to maybe write a letter to the baby to explain the reasons for this or just to say goodbye. I just thought it was interesting, the demonic aspect of aping... The faith and turning this into some sort of sacred ritual, I guess, for feeding Moloch or something. But uh...
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it is utterly demonic. Talk about he is a liar from the very beginning. Talk about the fact that you know you you turn black into white. That the Gordon Gecko greed gentleman, for lack of a better word, is good. And so of course he goes on to explain all the wonderful things that. That greed can do for you, for your country, for the economy, and of course it's all a huge lie. Mm-hmm. And this is another, uh, by the way, Gordon Gecko. get the demonic reference. So I mean the point is pretty clear uh, <laughs> what we're dealing with here. Uh, this is straight out of the mouth, uh, not, no pun intended, of Moloch, uh, it's straight out of the mouth of, of the demon himself. Black is white and white is black, uh, evil is good and good is evil, it's, uh, terrible. Uh,
0: there's an article uh, in uh, having to do with a book that just came out, uh, uh, Genesis of Gender, a Christian Theory, uh, written by Abigail Favali, I think is the author. Uh, Ignatius put it out. But I thought it was interesting, too, because uh, talking about things like transgenderism and those things we got today, uh-huh. she talks about uh-huh. the explosion we're seeing in trans identification is among young people, which is a novel yeah. development. We're also seeing a broad mental health crisis, as we've talked about before. Among young people, a mm-hmm. wide range of complex kinds of suffering and angst are be funneled into this simplistic framework that purports to reveal the source of the suffering and the solution. Change your body and you will be happy. She goes on to say, yeah. I also think young people are unconsciously rebelling against negative and reductive narratives about womanhood and manhood. Increasingly, our cultural understanding of gender is shaped, by." I thought this was really insightful, pornography and the idea of men as domineering domineering predators and women as victims.
1: Yeah, well, I think she's got a point here. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I do think the idea of change your body and change your reality, uh, she's got that correct. I mean, uh, this is where we live in an image culture, right? So if I can just right change the, uh, the bella figura to an even more bella figura, if I can change the image, then I change the substance of my soul. I change the substance of my mind and myself, I change the substance. Substance of my conscience and, and, the, and the substance of the transcendental desires within me, of course, is total baloney. Uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, it, you know, when you're changing the, your body, uh, we know for a fact that this doesn't make you happy, this doesn't put the problems to rest. Changing your body uh, gets you a 20 times increase in suicide rates. So uh, just to let people know, uh, 20 times, That that's just like a, an, an incredible uh, you know, factor uh, that that you're you're dealing with here, and so uh, you know, if you if you want to basically not get 100 percent, 200 percent, but 2,000 percent. Uh, CHANCE of, uh, of, uh, OF INCREASING YOUR SUICIDALITY, GO AHEAD, mm-hmm. GET a, a GENDER CHANGE. NOW, IF THIS IS the, the, WHAT WE'RE DEALING WITH HERE, THAT WE'RE, we're LITERALLY GETTING 2,000% uh, per, uh, mm-hmm. INCREASE IN, in SUICIDE uh, RATES, THINK ABOUT THAT FOR A SECOND. Is the problem going away? Not going away. It's actually being exacerbated, and of course, there's disappointment with the the procedure. There's disappointment because the same anxieties and self-hatreds and self-loathings and emptiness and alienation are still There, Mm -hmm. They're they're undaunted. The real solution to the problem is to get some therapy early on to deal with the anxieties that are in the family, to deal with the anxieties arising out of being abused as a young person. If you can get that therapy, uh, you know, to contra abuse, contra the anxiety in the family, etc. That therapy is very likely before you are an adolescent so it's got to be pre-adolescent when suddenly the child is beginning to de- demonstrate that they want a sex change or something they want to be a different gen then move it right to the therapeutic side and the odds the odds like are enormously high that they'll go right back to their biological sex again and there will not be a problem Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what, what are we dealing with? I think we're dealing with another lie right. on a grand scale. And she's just pointing that out uh, uh, quite well. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing I was just uh, the, having to do with the
0: synodal way, at least as it's being adapted in Germany, which seems to be oh. leading to some issues there. Uh, <laughs> a study just came out that, that the number of Germans disaffiliating from the Catholic Church was up about 360,000 last year. Over the last 10 years, it's been about 2 million, okay? Yeah. And now the yeah. ones who are advocating for the synodal way say, well, this confirms that the church requires a radical overhaul. They go on to say the synodal way brings together the bishops and lay people to discuss four main topics. I thought this was interesting. The first one is power, then priests, women's role in the church, et cetera. But power, why is that the first thing to be
1: discussed in what's going on inside the church. I'm talking about another demonic lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, would Christ have brought up power Mm -hmm. as the real solution to the problem of evangelization? No, problem is not power. The problem is truth. If we just give people the truth that Jesus Christ tried to give them, the truth about moral goodness, the truth about who He is, the truth about what Christ tried to direct in His church, the truth about the sacraments, the truth about reconciliation and mercy, if we can just give people the truth about Jesus Christ and His teaching about morality and the practice of their faith, they are actually going to day in the faith. And normally if we give out you know the, the the truth about the faith without you know over uh, pharisaizing it if i can put it that way mm-hmm. uh, if you can just give them the real truth and have them uh, you know have a network of friends around that real truth and and in th- uh, through that their children are raised and are happy and filled with the hope and the peace of that truth in their faith and if they move along and let's face it we know religious uh, people are much more emotionally healthy than non religiously mm. affiliated people, like by like two times, three times, uh, you know, emotionally healthier and so forth. We know that this is the truth. Mm. If we could do that, Then power, power is just an incidental thing that has been brought up because, and of course, anytime you bring up power without truth, anytime you bring up power as a raw entity in itself, what does it do? It creates divisions and factionalism because people don't want to operate for the truth. They don't want to operate for goodness. They don't want to operate for God and for Christ. They want to operate for power. And they'll try and get their power as an end in itself. And all it does is create factions. All it does is create emptiness. Power is empty. Truth about goodness right. and love, about God and Christ, that's the way to go. This is a very false way, another demonic right. narrative. And also they mentioned in, in this thing the evangelical churches in England,
0: which in Germany, which are actually Lutheran reform, yeah. they have to roll them all together yeah. to get the numbers up because individually mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're falling apart. Uh, they yeah. ordain women and, and permit same sex blessings, and the whole point was mm-hmm. the hemorrhaging of the evangelical church yeah. was about the same numbers. Uh, they've yeah. already done all this stuff. So, this idea that somehow yeah. by doing these things, everything's going to be fixed in the church, you, scientifically, you can see
1: that's just not true. Oh, instead of giving a, a hope through the tr- truth of Jesus Christ, you're just vacuuming out hope and trying to replace it with some kind of a worldly power-oriented sociology, mm-hmm. which is, you know, so hypocritical. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think we can tell pretty much, you know, even uh, with uh, uh, Christian Smith, you know, the, uh, the writer there looks at young people's uh, beliefs and what mm-hmm. they're looking for. I mean, let's face it, you know, they, most people are looking for hope that's grounded in a feasible, justifiable truth um, and, uh, and, and a hope that, that is based on uh, a real. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, transcendent being beyond their selves. They know uh, they are transcendent beings, but they can't satisfy their transcendent natures all by themselves. They know Saint Augustine's truth. Uh, For thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. They're just looking for where is that authentic expression of God, Mm -hmm. the transcendent, the absolute meaning, the absolute good, the absolute love, the absolute truth. Where is that going to be found? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, we can We can see this in, in, you know, uh, so many different uh, uh, manifestations of, uh, you know, people actually looking for, uh, um, you know, Peterson's, you know, great following and so forth and so on. But we can see this. uh, Yeah, Mm we can see this. Absolutely. Let me get to one quick question just
0: before we take the break. Uh, Dear Father Spitzer. My, fa- uh, my daughter is 22 years old and pro-life. After the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade, she has received quite a bit of backlash from her friends and peers for her pro-life position. We enjoy watching mm-hmm. Father Spitzer's universe. We're wondering if you could assist us where to find credible information defending her position, especially in terms of viability of the child. This is James. It's interesting. It's already got
1: credible in there, so go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) well, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I think there's a a lot of uh, uh, good articles that have been done on the the science. Uh, I would recommend um, three uh, different places. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them is you can go to our website, Mm MajaCenter.com, shameless advertisement, Mm -hmm. and just go to the fourth area about moral life there, and uh, there's some very credible uh, articles there on uh, uh, the science of human life. Number two, go to the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Charlotte Lozier Institute. That's part of the Susan B. Anthony List mm. uh, group. They have a, a even a easier format. Instead of big uh, Spitzerian articles, uh, you can get question answer format uh, to get you know the scientific facts and uh, you know so forth. So that uh, at 15 weeks, for example, uh, the child can feel pain. Of course, uh, you can get all the uh, the data from our website too about the uh, uh, the newest uh, polling of biologists, uh, PhD biologists that uh, claim that uh, 68% in the United States and uh, 96% uh, internationally claim fertilization is the beginning of a new human life. Uh, these are PhD biologists, right? They, they, they're not you know out to promote an, an agenda or something of that nature. So those uh, two, uh, the Charlotte Illeser Institute, a uh, very uh, good uh, website as well. There's also, I think. Um, Again, this is a little bit um, uh, more uh, academic, is the National Catholic Bioethics Center website, ncbc.org, uh, so that's uh, always uh, got some uh, very good uh, uh, facts as well, and, uh, you know, if um I I do have a little book myself out uh, called uh, Ten Universal Principles, and uh, that might give you uh, a pretty good clue and a case. It's a very thin book for a Spitzer book, and so uh, you can get uh, uh, Ten Universal Principles. It puts out a very good uh, case. And then there's another one for younger people, too, uh, a life principles uh, curriculum that's put out by uh, HealingTheCulture.com. HealingTheCulture.com which um, I think that's another one where you can get the, the kind of the snappy answer uh, to some of these uh, scientific questions. Mm-hmm. So there are a good number of websites uh, that do this. And uh, I would say, you know, um, my book there, 10 uh, uh, Universal Principles might be mm-hmm. uh, a start, uh, but the science is uh, pretty good right now. and. And um, I think all of these websites would give you some really, really good information. Very good. With that, we're going to take a break here with Father Spitzer, and we invite you to stay
0: with us. We're going to be getting into your questions and then into the topic of the book as well, so keep it right here. Thank you so much for staying with us for part two, Father Spitzer's Universe, Satan Customizes His Temptations, from Father's book. Also wanted to mention the National Catholic Bioethics Center. The website is ncbcenter.org, ncbcenter.org. And we are back with with Father Spitzer with some more questions for you. Father, here's another one. Sure. Tied into the more popular topic, a lot of things going okay. out uh, these days. Dear Father Spitzer, I keep hearing people say that unbaptized babies, particularly those who die in the womb, cannot be buried in Catholic cemeteries. What is the church's official stance?
1: And this is Melissa. Well, Melissa, they certainly can be buried in Catholic cemeteries. So uh, uh, I guess if you don't trust that source anymore. Right. Well, I have to admit, because I, I, you know, along
0: with, as we talked about, the ectopic pregnancies are out there. That was another one that was getting thrown around as saying, well, if the church really believed that these, uh, these were real babies, then they, they would allow them to be baptized or be buried.
1: Well, uh, yeah. Well, uh, it's too late if they're already. Uh um, uh, DECEASED right. so uh, FOR BAPTISM, BUT OF COURSE THEY CAN BE BURIED IN A CATHOLIC CEMETERY. RIGHT. Well, I, THERE SEEMS TO BE
0: THIS IDEA, WELL, IF IT'S REALLY A CHILD, YOU SHOULD BE ABLE TO BAPTIZE IT, BUT OF COURSE IF THE CHILD'S PASSED, YOU COULD BE DEALING yeah. WITH THE INTENTION OF THE PARENTS, RIGHT?
1: YEAH. YEAH, ABSOLUTELY.
0: RIGHT. I MEAN, THE PARENTS INTENDED TO HAVE THEIR CHILD BAPTIZED baptized yeah uh, then you you know, god's
1: have- going to know that intention and absolutely. god's going to honor that intention baptism is not a magic ceremony it works through the heart and the love of god yeah. and yeah. They, they, he knows the parents intention absolutely well you know sometimes there's also a lot of stuff out there this is
0: digressing slightly but the idea of you know we're getting into this idea of if people have miscarriages they won't be able to be taken care of and things like that. It's a lot of misinformation. Oh. In fact, I saw a, a, a famous Hollywood star from the from the distant past said, well, I, I had an abortion in the 50s. Yeah, I miscarried. And it's like, what are you talking
1: about? Oh, I mean, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, uh, we're talking about voluntary abortions right, here right, right. Uh, and, and a miscarriage is certainly not. Uh, you know, a voluntary abortion. So this is a complete mischaracterization. Wow. Uh, you know, do you, do you th- a miscarriage is, you know, something that happens because of the process of nature, mm. and of course, uh, it's it's unexpected, but and and certainly not vo- voluntary, and it's certainly not d- voluntary dismemberment of a of of a child. I mean, uh, so I, I, I you know, it's just totally different right. uh, from. Uh, from an abortion. And I think that confusion, again, don't trust that source. Right, right. I mean, uh, it's clearly another, probably very intentional miscommunication Absolutely. or lie. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Next up, dear Father Spitzer, on a recent show, you were discussing the side effects of medical abortions on women. Are there any studies that examine the psychological side effects on fathers after abortion? How are men affected by abortions? Maria.
1: Maria, you know, that's a darn good question and uh, unfortunately, I'm not prepared to answer it but uh, there might be some studies but Mm -hmm. I have not looked uh, for them. Um, and so I'm gonna have to come back to you on that information but I I don't think there uh, that I've seen anything that has just gone across my screen uh, for uh, you know various kinds of research so um, I'll have to get back to you on it but I mean definitely there are effects on mothers the Priscilla Coleman study that's uh, published on the Cambridge website there uh, Cambridge University website. Take a look at hers. That was three quarters of a million women, and she found that 81% of women uh, who had an abortion, by comparison with those who did not have an abortion, brought their children uh, to term to, uh, to to birth, and um, those who just did not get pregnant, uh, the the um, uh, there was an 81% increase uh, in um, uh, problems with their emotional health and psychological problems going forward. And that 81% translated into four times increase in suicide, 2.5 times increase in um, uh, suicidal contemplation, and, um, uh, and you know uh, concomitant mm-hmm. increases in substance abuse like alcoholism, as well as depression and anxiety. Right. So uh, you might take a look at that right. study. So uh, abortion is devastating, and post-abortion syndrome is very much a reality right. in women. Uh, I'm not certainly sure And the though. there's
0: probably been some anecdotal information that's been put out there by various mm-hmm. pro-life organizations, Silent No More, others have indicated that yeah. you've got, uh, have had that impact, but whether there's been uh, that kind of a, a study specifically, uh, we'll have to look mm-hmm. into that. Let's move on to our book and how the devil sure. works and how he customizes things. You said that The longer a victim has given himself over to his life of habitual attachments to deadly sins, the more likely he is to resist the Holy Spirit's inspirations to seek God in repentance. The Holy Spirit, this is my point I want to, never stops providing inspirations. And then you go on to point out those might be coming from friends, colleagues, and even television programs, hopefully even besides those on EWTN, of course.
1: Yeah. Um, well, of course. And uh, so the the point is, the Holy Spirit never gives up, and the Holy Spirit, you know, when when a person is really entranced by the evil spirit, really believing the lies of the evil spirit, really just succumbing to the temptations one right after the other uh, of the evil spirit. The Holy Spirit is constantly uh, doing things, throwing obstacles in the path of this person, and the Holy Spirit is not beyond using some suffering sometimes mm-hmm. to get a change of heart uh, of some of those people. Uh, similarly, you know, there are things where he tries to peek people's, uh, uh, you know, conscience uh, that might come up maybe on a television program or a book or Mm -hmm. a conversation with somebody, Uh, and of course, always, always, always the Holy Spirit uses emptiness, alienation, uh, loneliness, dread, and guilt. Uh, right, those interior states that reflect what the outcome of the evil spirit's plans are. In other words, the evil spirit uh, is giving you all this stuff right now so that you can feel real good. But at the end of the day, where, what does he want to happen to you? That you feel really bad. Emptiness, alienation, loneliness, dread, guilt, etc., uh, a sense of you know being pervade, pervaded by evil. Well, um, you know, the Holy uh, Spirit Uh, kind of allows those feelings at the end of the day to be felt and to be felt sometimes with acuity Mm. and so people will know hey this lifestyle you're dealing with you gotta question it and then of course he gives you these dreams uh... sometimes the holy spirit gives you dreams uh, you know uh, that uh, are really disturbing dreams yeah. uh, that can wake you up, and you 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 mean you you're kind of in a cold sweat, and you wonder what in the world is is going on here. And sometimes, of course, the feeling of guilt and the little nagging thoughts in the back of your mind. Oh no, the Holy Spirit doesn't ever 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 give up. He's uh, constantly at it to, you know, turn you around, Mm -hmm. even if he can turn you around at the last minute, which as I've always said, it's really hard. The longer you go down the road, the harder it is to turn around. You're addicted to the stuff that the Holy, uh, that the evil spirit's giving. And not only that, you believe his lies. You've been at it mm-hmm. so long, you can't help it. And you've actually formed a kind of a, a bond uh, with that horrible spirit who hates you through and through. Yet at the same time, you're almost like a slave. Uh, you, you almost have to follow. Uh, You know that person as if you know he he were some sort of an irresistible uh, sort of influence. And if you do resist, he always uses fear. He beats you up in some way or another, so that you are going to submit. So um, just remember, the longer you go down the road, the harder it is to turn around. But you can always turn around, and the Holy Spirit will never give up.
0: Well, does pride play a big part of that? Because obviously, people hate to admit they were wrong.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, in many cases, especially if a person publicly proclaimed their atheism or publicly proclaimed their decadent lifestyle or publicly proclaimed whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, even, you know, abortion is great, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Well, once you've done this and you've made the big public proclamation, turning around is really hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just pride of of, you know, of uh, your right. so-called actions that you, you thought them through, you were intelligent. I, I, I just think, it, it, you know, it's really hard to turn around. Right. But if a Bernard Nathanson, this is a doctor who basically was one of the people who engineered uh, the passage of Roe v. Wade, performed millions of, uh, not millions, but mm-hmm. performed uh, really, um, could be over a thousand abortions himself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if he can turn around and if he can avoid, uh, you know, the, the evil spirit, if he can swallow his pride uh-huh. and reverse his position, then there is hope. Uh-huh. Because, man, I'm telling you, that that must have been a real tough decision, and he must have been <clears throat> in the throngs of need for divine assistance, felt the acute emptiness, alienation, loneliness, just knew that there was something terribly wrong with uh, the decision that he had made. Okay, as we move down on page
0: two nineteen, in the weaker, tepid, religious and moral conversion area, he said the evil one means to keep people, the the person involved, precisely in this weakened and inarticulate condition. His first tactic is to help the victim to forget the commitment to church, and he go on to say, this causes mm-hmm. the victim to shift his attention during the church services from authentic communication with God, praying for his needs, etc., and giving praise into getting something out of it or
1: being entertained. That's right. It's the old entitlement culture Mm. (laughs) that the evil spirit loves to use it. You deserve something more. If you go to church, you're such a hot shot. You really need to get something out of it, you 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 deserve to be entertained. You owe it to yourself uh, to get something—a good insight, some good entertainment, a little bit of good community. But uh, you know, church is not about God. It's not about giving praise or giving thanks. It's it's really not about asking for your needs. It's not about praying for other people. It's not about finding deeper communion with the Lord, <clears throat> with Jesus, and and taking his real body and blood into you. <clears throat> it's just really, it's, mm-hmm. it's about, uh, you know, you know I, I want something competitive. I gave up the football game to come here. Mm-hmm. I ought to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's the entitlement deal. And I think, gosh, mm-hmm. you know, the evil spirit, such a master at, at, you know, proclaiming to us just how special we are and how we really owe it to ourselves. Uh, we really are owed something beyond just the humble desire to give God thanks for all he has given us for the eternal life he opens up to us for the redemption he has wrought by rescuing Mm -hmm. us from evil I mean that alone I mean if we knew how close evil was and how we are protected 24/7 by the Holy Spirit so many different ways we can't even we'll only know it when we get to heaven how you know how close we were and how you know you know he brings about these wonderful uh, the Holy Spirit brings about these wonderful things for us if if we knew we would be thanking 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 all the time because this is a real malevolent spirit is out after and so the point is you know if you don't know this, mm-hmm. if you have no idea what to be grateful for, if you have no idea about the, the hope and the blessedness that awaits us in the kingdom of heaven, if, if we have no idea who we really are made in the image and likeness of God, I mean, you're just going to sit there and think, well, you know, I deserve to be entertained. Yeah. I'm going to define the substance of my life as getting a good laugh or getting a good insight or barring that, hitting the old TV and mm-hmm. opening a beer and watching the game. There you go. You know, I owe it to myself. Now, you say here, if the victim shifts his focus completely, he'll leave
0: church services complaining about boredom, poor preaching, and poor yeah. music. He never once repented, yeah. expressed a need, or gave thanks to the praise of his Creator and Redeemer. and talks about the Holy Eucharist. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's not focused on cultivating a relationship with... With God. NOW, THAT DOESN'T MEAN THAT SOMETIMES PEOPLE DON'T HAVE uh, LEGITIMATE COMPLAINTS
1: ABOUT SOME BAD PREACHING oh. AND SOME POOR MUSIC, RIGHT? Yeah. <laughs> AND uh, I'VE PROBABLY BEEN GUILTY OF right. SAYING A FEW THINGS MYSELF, okay. uh, I MEAN, ABOUT THOSE THINGS. BUT THE POINT IS, is IF DAY AFTER DAY, IF THIS IS, YOU KNOW, THE LITANY, YOU KNOW, the, THERE'S TWO r- THINGS WE CAN DO. FIRST OF ALL, WE CAN GO TO A DIFFERENT CHURCH. Mm-hmm. WE ARE NOT ENSLAVED TO GO TO A church or the preaching is bad all the time. We can find another place or we can get some good preaching, good music. We're suggesting and an alternate
0: parish, I'm assuming, rather. An
1: alternate than, parish, rather yeah. church. Oh, I didn't se. mean, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, oh, I didn't mean another <laughs> yeah, right. church. Right. Yeah, so uh, we, we definitely do want to go. To, uh, that's one possibility to find an alternate parish. Second possibility, of course, is to just say, look, my real intention here is to praise God and uh, is this a holy priest is this a good priest is he trying his best uh, to do this thing you know i mean the music is not great here but uh, uh, is it passable uh, can mm-hmm. i live with it i mean uh, and uh, you know if if that's not uh, something that blocks you from giving praise and thanks to god if it's not something that blocks you from really wanting to you know kind of get renewed in your uh, reform of your life you know and 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 uh, uh, you know and uh, uh, you know, deepening your moral mm-hmm. conversion. If it's not in the way, uh, I would just say, well, you can be a leader in that mm-hmm. church and maybe try to make some suggestions uh, that will help, um, and and so forth. So, but the, the main thing is to keep the priority uh, right on up mm-hmm. there uh, to uh, to uh, basically. Right. Uh, um,
0: Right. And sometimes you things. you just have to look past these things and focus on what the, yeah. the most important aspect of what's going on. Like you said, the holy sacrifice yeah. of the mass. For group two, you talk about the evil one focuses on rationalizations because their weakened spiritual state makes them susceptible to it. And then you talk about Shakespeare and his characters and about the deadly yeah. sins turn, you know, starts from yeah. satisfaction, turn from faith, authentic love, integrity, leads mm-hmm. to at once, emptiness, alienation loneliness and guilt, it undermines the lives of others and relationships. The, the issue you have, a lot of people say, well, that's the problem. See, it's not doing it that's wrong. It's feeling guilty about it that's your problem.
1: <laughs> well, actually, uh, the guilt is probably the redemption that prevents us from uh, following the evil spirit right into hell. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, never think that guilt is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, guilt is as good as it gets, and it really is. I mean, it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but boy, it's our rescue message. As Newman would call it, it's the voice of God that, you know, makes us feel this shame that makes us feel this guilt that makes us feel the sense of alienation from ourselves because we're alienated from God. He says, "Hey, this is not a. Uh, th- this is our message. This is like God's going to let us be free, so mm-hmm. He's not going to uh, prevent us from." following the evil spirit but he sure is going to make it at least miserable through our conscience to continue to do so until of course we just say I'm not listening to this mm. I'm going ahead and doing it anyway cuz it's what I want in utter rebellion so if you once you go that route then of course you've got uh, a real problem you can always turn back and throw yourself onto the mercy of God mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the longer you keep going down that route, the longer you kind of not listen to your conscience, the, the, the longer you overrule your conscience and do activities that are contrary to it, the more you numb that signal right. from conscience, that sense, you know, and eventually you don't even hear it at all. It's just like, uh, you know, the mafia, you know, in the Godfather scene, you know, where he's talking to the older, more experienced hitman, he goes, yeah, you do have sometimes, you, you, you got feelings, qualms, guilt when you first start off, but you know, when you, you know, after you do it a few times, you, you don't even notice anymore. Right. There's not even, you know, any real sense of uh, a problem, you know? Right. <laughs> and of course, uh, that is a sign that, uh, yeah, you're already in league with the evil spirit. And like you You've said. You've already cut right. yourself off. Uh, you know not completely, but right. to some large and, degree and in God. a
0: sense using that numbing uh, Connection that I it's like your body. Yeah, you can numb yeah. where something is really damaged and is hurting you So you don't feel the hurt. Yeah. It doesn't mean that well, the problem that you, went yeah. away And certainly yeah. if you don't take care of that problem, even though you don't feel that pain It will make the
1: problem yeah. worse, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely Absolutely, because all you're gonna do is just keep uh, know aggressively you know, uh, aggressively, uh, you know n- gnawing at the same problem uh, which is going to eventually right. uh, come out to uh, killing the tissue right. and uh, once tissue is dead it is dead right now you talked about uh, a classmate at the
0: Harvard Divinity School and uh, the New York Times <laughs> and you said I thought incredibly brilliant tactic of the evil one to have it delivered on, <laughs> on Sunday more the Sunday uh, news <laughs> Uh, Of the New York Times. I'm I'm assuming actually today we might see it as an even greater work of the evil one, but maybe that's a commentary on what's in the Times these days. Uh,
1: Well, you know, I'll (laughs) tell you one thing, you know, he, you know, I was just making a conversation before class started, Mm. you know, and he was sitting next to me, and I said, oh, are you a seminarian? He goes, oh yeah, I'm a seminarian, uh, but it wasn't a Catholic seminarian, it was another faith, and so i was just discussing i said oh uh, you know when do you attend services and he goes well he says there's the problem he says you know uh, i uh, get the new york times delivered on my front step every sunday and i think to myself well new york times go to services new york times go to services <laughs> ah the new york times always wins i just have to read it cover to cover mm-hmm. Of course, I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, uh, well maybe the seminary is not the life for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe you were not called to order, shall we say? But anyway, but uh, you can see uh, what a brilliant tactic that was. He just completely distracted him, and he even thought, you know, there's so many good and important things I need to read about mm-hmm. for my ministry. Here in the New York Times, I got to read it. It'll be great. For my religious upbringing.
0: (laughs) Wow. You have any idea whatever happened to him? I'm assuming not.
1: I really don't. Uh, I just I I sort of lost uh, faith. uh, I lost not faith, but lost uh, interest in in that that relationship right away. You you, you talk
0: talk about on page 221 something a spiritual sloth called asidia. Asidia right? And then intellectual vanity. What, What is spiritual sloth?
1: Yeah, it just basically means that things of the spirit are not of interest uh, to you. And that, you know, the the evil spirit tries to make things like that very boring, right? So uh, you you think to yourself, well, you know, I could maybe do a little spiritual reading from the Bible or I could, um, you know, read this detective novel, Um, you know, well... Uh, You know, I've had a hard day. Uh, I think I I really owe it to myself to read the detective novel and uh, skip, you know, even 15 minutes of reading scripture. So the the basic thing is, is he gets you to make the decision on the basis of uh, not. You know, if you say, Well, the one's more entertaining than the other, even though the other one's obviously more beneficial than the other, you know, if he if he if you start putting it in those terms you might guilt yourself into saying, Oh, I probably better, you know, um Uh, listen, you know, look at the Bible for a few minutes, or I better read a little uh, bit of uh, Imitation of Christ or whatever it is you're reading, right? Instead of saying that, you basically default to, uh, I've had a tough day. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, idea would be not, he's not going to let you get on the plane of thinking what's better for you. Uh, What he's going to do is get you on the plane of uh, what do you need? You owe it to yourself. You had such a tough day. Mm-hmm. You need a little break from the action. Concentrating on a scripture passage—that might be just one thing <laughs> too many for the day. And, of course, it's the whole thing. You owe it to yourself. You're entitled. Mm You've got to have a little bit of entertainment. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of entertainment. But when a little bit of entertainment walls out everything else, uh, you know, that, that might be of benefit in the evening from prayer to spiritual reading, then there probably is something. Uh, a right. little bit odd about
0: it. Right, and you, you talk about the idea of the entitlement, and the other one is dis- distractions. He yeah. said the yeah. Holy Spirit will counter the evil evil one's tactics by calling the victim into church. we sending him with a conversion or a book that, uh, a
1: yeah.
0: conversation or a book that makes God's reality and presence more palatable. With that said, yeah. we are just out of time, Father, so if you'd like to
1: give us your blessing yes. on the way out the door, absolutely. that'd be great. absolutely. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. And may the Lord of all consolation, wisdom, goodness, love, and meaning so give you his truth, so open you to his truth that you accept it lovingly and willingly and share it lovingly and willingly with all who are around you to the best of the wisdom and inspiration he gives you through his spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Father Spitzer. Always great to see you. We shall see you next time. And don't forget, Father Spitzer's books are all available through our EWTN Religious Catalog, along with a a whole series of programs and DVD. Next week, we'll continue on with Satan Customizes His Temptations. Uh, And this weekend, I'd like to invite you to check out a book interview I did with Carl Anderson, These Liberties We Hold Sacred, of course, from the Knights of Columbus. And of course, We also have Lords United in Prayer Saturday, July 16th, beginning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Events including Holy Mass, the Rosary, the Blessing of the Sick, going on throughout the day. Check AW10's website for the show times in your particular area. And don't forget about our wonderful On Demand page. All our programs are available on a regular basis there and on our YouTube channel. I'm Doug Keck. We'll see you next time in Father Spencer's Universe. See you then.